Hello, and welcome to your next episode of Fixing Fitness with Kelly, the show that serves up real talk about fitness with a focus on why traditional fitspo just doesn't serve women in their 30s. Let's talk about what we can really do to get results that make all the effort worth it. Get more on the website at kellymarieroach.com, including exclusive access to my head-to-toe mobility routine when you download my free guide to the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry. And tune into the Kelly M. Roach YouTube channel for weekly videos offering fresh perspectives on fixing fitness topics. What's up, guys? Welcome back for Season 3, Episode 7. First of all, I just want to say thank you for bearing with me last week while I sort of found my feet again after what was the craziest week I think I've had in more than just this year, which sort of was the cap off of several weeks of just chaos in my life. And after rerunning the Fitness and Chaos episode last week and giving a lot more thought to what I had going on, Um, I sort of had my eyes opened to something that was, in hindsight, very obvious and sort of staring me in the face the entire time I've been working on this podcast. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. It's, um, as you can probably tell by the title, a little bit of a pivot, but maybe not in the way that you would expect. So let's just jump into it. I'd love to share my thoughts with you today, get some feedback from you guys over on the socials, and then let you guys know where we are going to be going from here as we wrap up season three in the next couple of weeks and pick up season four. So without further ado, season three, episode seven. We've all seen the memes that talk about all of the practical things that we could have learned in school instead of something like geometry. So today I ask you, what do you wish that you'd learned in school instead of geometry? There is so much practical life knowledge that gets skipped over and we're thrown into the deep end to just figure it out. The problem is that most of the time it isn't that intuitive. Add to that the fact that every Tom, Dick, and Harry is on the internet loudly voicing their opinions as fact, and it's no wonder most of us are out here making our best guess at what's good for us and winding up in a place that's maybe not so good. This is what I found myself thinking about last weekend. They say that if the universe is trying to teach you a lesson and you aren't paying attention, it will metaphorically clothesline you to get your attention. And two weeks ago, that's what happened to us. And we didn't really see it until we had a chance to step back from what was happening, clear our heads, and talk it all out during a nine-hour car ride. There was no obvious connection between what was happening and the realizations I ultimately came to because of it, but the more I molded over, the more convinced I became that this was an important learning moment. I mentioned in the intro last week that life went completely off the rails, as it had once earlier in the year. And for seven days, it was literally impossible for me to prioritize fitness and nutrition. There was no time or space for real exercise. It was difficult between time and weather to even escape for a short walk outside. I was swinging wildly between only eating fast food and not eating enough calories. I slept in four different beds in seven nights, which when coupled with the stress I was under made it nearly impossible to get restful sleep. And while I did my best to at least stay hydrated, I was primarily running on caffeine and sugar. Because as we know, when you don't get sufficient sleep, your body will crave sugar as a quick energy source. It didn't take long to be caught in the downward spiral of eating junk foods for energy, which made my sleep worse, which made me crave more junk foods, and so on. 
and the lack of exercise and movement in general made my body stiff and uncomfortable. Now, these were extreme circumstances for me, and I'm sure for most people, but it occurred to me that there is a spectrum of chaos we all live our lives on. Some have no choice but to stay on the chaotic end of things for months or even years at a time. Others experience wild swings between calm and chaos, depending on events and circumstances they experience. And others might fluctuate regularly, either between extremes or back and forth within the middle of the spectrum. But the point is that most of us treat fitness as optional. It's one of the first things to go when things get crazy. So how can we treat it as more of a priority and make sure it isn't getting bumped off the list? And the answer, I think, is to look at all the other areas of our lives and learn to manage them better to reduce the chaos that is within our control. And the more I thought about this, the more I started thinking about all the things people say they wish they'd been taught in school instead of things like geometry. Real, practical life skills to stay on top of things better, think more clearly, and get organized to reduce stress and create more room for living. And yes, to create a bigger margin of error so when uncontrollable chaos does hit, it's easier to weather. So what sorts of things are we talking about here? Looking at the biggest stressors I see people experience with frequency, the list includes financial issues, relationship drama, both with friends and significant others, being blindsided by things you didn't realize you'd agreed to, and of course, health and fitness. So these are the topics you're going to see here going forward and over on YouTube and TikTok as well. We will still be talking about fitness topics, but in a more holistic way that takes into account the undeniable truth that we don't all have the same 24 hours in a day. Life happens. And if you really want to prioritize your health, you've got to get it together in all the other areas of your life as well. A diamond isn't only shiny on the top. Every facet is lovingly polished and plays its part in the beauty of the finished product. So to kick us off down this new path of topics, we're going to stay fitness adjacent for today and talk about the social media battle about real food versus junk food or empty calories. The premise of the debate seems to be on the one side that any food that's not a whole food, such as meat, fruit, or vegetables, is not a quote, real food and only provides empty calories, and should therefore be eliminated from diets. The opposition argues that there is no such thing as an empty calorie, and any food that can be safely consumed is in fact real food. It looks like this argument originated because of fitness influencers and other self-proclaimed wellness gurus promoting weight loss have gone out of their way to vilify foods that aren't on the list of allowable foods in their restrictive eating plans. You know from listening here that restrictive eating plans like these often have their roots in diet culture and disordered eating habits. But even if they don't, the messaging is that if you want to be healthy and lose weight, you need to stay away from processed foods. So what really happens when you are eating foods full of so-called empty calories instead of whole foods over a period of time? Lucky for you, I've just accidentally conducted this experiment on myself and can share my results. So on the Saturday that we left home to enter the week of chaos, we picked up Wendy's for breakfast on the road and again for a late lunch. Saturday evening was when disaster struck and neither of us had any dinner beyond a few pieces of Halloween candy that night. The following morning, I ate breakfast at a hotel, which included a Belgian waffle, a pile of bacon, and a cup of coffee. 
And then after a long and stressful day, we stopped for fast food again, although this time I ordered a salad with chicken breast because my system was rebelling at that point. That night, I ate a lasagna, not the entire lasagna. I had a piece of lasagna. The next two days were really just a blur of snacking without any truly wholesome meals that filled me up completely. And one evening in there, we went out for milkshakes. And of course, Halloween candy was peppered throughout. And when we finally returned home the following Friday, it was fast food on the road again. To paint the picture for you, my usual diet is far from perfect, but generally I consume lots of protein, veggies, and carbs like sourdough bread, jasmine rice, and fruits with my meals. Snacks are usually mixed nuts, Greek yogurt, some candy, and a nightly ice cream. So I went about as far as you can in the opposite direction during our week of chaos. So on that Friday when we got back home and I had access to my home gym again, I did a full body workout. And do you know what happened? I felt strong, incredibly strong, actually. So much so that my usual weight didn't feel like work. I did another workout the next day and got the same result. And of course, we'd immediately returned to a better balanced diet back to eating more eggs and chicken breast than breakfast cereals and snack bars. And within two days, my digestive system re-regulated and any water retention from the excess sugar consumption started to go down. But net weight gain? Zero pounds. Strength gains in the gym? Stayed consistent even after going back to my usual diet. Now obviously, this is only anecdotal and I'm primarily talking about aesthetic and digestive outcomes. This scenario could look a lot different if we were talking about long-term health risks associated with eating so much fast food and sugar. But I think the important take-home point here is that when your diet as a whole is well-balanced, even a week of eating foods that are allegedly not real doesn't have any major negative impact on your fitness goals. You might notice, as I did, that you generally feel like shit in the short term for reasons I've already mentioned consuming more fats, sugar, and caffeine than normal will disrupt your sleep, making it more likely you'll continue to crave those things for energy during waking hours. Your digestive tract, not used to processing so much prepackaged food, also might not be happy with you for a few days. And yes, if your diet looks like this all the time, it's not great for your health in the long term either. But if you keep things tilted toward nutrient-dense foods that fuel your body and preserve your health, chaotic periods when you find yourself at the drive through more than your usual aren't going to disrupt your fitness goals. So always remember this when you're faced with someone arguing about what foods are real and which ones should be avoided at all costs. Number one, what angle are they approaching it from? Is it a long-term health concern, a weight loss concern, or a blanket statement? Number two, What's important to you right now? What are you prioritizing for your health and fitness? And is what they're saying relevant to you? For example, if you have an aesthetic, competitive fitness goal, then that is going to be a very different kind of advice than somebody who is just trying to maintain long-term health and fitness. And three, what does your big picture diet look like as is? Would elimination of certain foods really improve it on the whole? And while we're on the topic of vilification of certain foods, go check out Season 2, Episode 8, where I talked about the macronutrient everyone loves to hate and why its effects on your body aren't what popular opinion makes them out to be. 
In the meantime, you can visit me on Instagram under my new username, Get Savvy with Kelly, and join my email list through the links there. I've got some fitness freebies for you, and I'll be sending out exclusive life-savvy content to that group as well while I ramp up the YouTube channel. And so that'll wrap up today's episode, you guys. Like I said, a fitness, fitness-adjacent topic to kind of ease us into this new pivot. But the key takeaways from the first half of the episode were just that sort of eye-opening moment, that aha moment that I had, if you will, where when we're talking about fitness from the perspective of long-term health maintenance, mobility, muscle activation, postural concerns, just trying to reclaim the bodies that we were born with, more or less, that childlike mobility that we lose after years and years behind a desk. When we're talking about those kinds of fitness goals, we really need to plug those into our life in a big picture, in a holistic kind of way. And I, I don't like the term balance. Someone once said to me that if things are balanced, that means that nothing is moving. And they said they prefer to think of things as being in harmony because sometimes you might have a little bit more effort going toward one area of your life than another area, but everything is still harmonized. And the goal here is just to recognize that things are going to be out of harmony or out of balance, if you prefer, if you're focused so hard on just your fitness goals that you're neglecting the rest of your life. And when I started thinking about all of these things that prevent people from thinking about their fitness, focusing on their fitness, all these other concerns that they have, all these other hurdles that they have to overcome in other areas of their life, I just thought that that would be a great way to continue this this podcast in a more helpful way um, that just sort of takes all of those things into account and hopefully just teach you a little bit more life savvy than you got in school. So thank you so much for listening. I look forward to being back next week with a fresh episode for you guys. In the meantime, remember new Instagram handle is get savvy with Kelly, um, working on ramping up the YouTube channel and the YouTube channels accompanying Instagram account as well. We're getting active on TikTok, So you should go and check that out. And I will see you guys over there while we wait for the next episode. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.